Being good sports, a little fun there. All right. Now, my point with that little game is obvious. Books are powerful. They can change our perspective on life. Some of you need more change, okay? No, just kidding. Now, what's, what's in this book here, the Bible, okay, um, can change our eternal destinies. The power of words, the power of spoken word. Um, and this book can heal the issues that we face. Um, and what's in this book spells out God's plan of salvation for you and me. So here's my commitment to you, to, to not be boring as I lead tonight. Go to the next, the next, now, but I have one rule, okay, if you fall asleep, this is what's going to happen to you, okay? We have some snakes in the back, and they will bite your face, okay? Um, no, I'm just serious. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I promise not to be boring to you, but uh, um, here's the title, okay? The Bible, Tools for Digging In. So easy, a caveman can do it. Go to the next slide. Just, yeah, follow me there. Um, this isn't working, I guess. And uh, there it is. Maybe I can do it from now. Thanks, Dev. All right. Week one, the joy and value of knowing God's Word. Turn to page one in your little booklet there. Encourage you to put your name on it. Bring this with you every week and uh, take some notes. All right. How many have more than one Bible? Raise your hand. You have more than one. Okay, your phone doesn't count with thousands of translations. That doesn't count. Okay, how many have two? Five. Ten. No, George. What you own. How many? Nobody has more than ten? More than ten? Okay. Now, how many have ever gone away uh, scratching your head uh, after reading the Bible? You're just like, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember what I just read. You're just like in a coma, right? How many, just a little survey, how many read your Bible in the morning? When you get up, kind of start your day, okay? How many at night, okay? How many during the day, okay? How many do it all day, every day? Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, now, that's okay. There's no right or wrong answer with reading your Bible. So we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff next six weeks and, and, and beyond. Uh, there really is joy and tremendous value in knowing God's Word. Um, the Bible, your first blank, the Bible is a timeless book. It's for all people for all time. The Bible was written so that anyone who wants to know who God is and how they are to live in a way that pleases Him can read it and find out. How many know how to read? Okay, good. That's important. But Pastor Spence, I don't like to read. Um, uh, this past year, 2011, I read 30 books, and uh, that's phenomenal. I just I, I love it. I'm on my second. I just about finished my second book for this year. Um, sometimes you just got to get in the groove and say, I just I, I need to do this. I guarantee that you read mail that's addressed to you, email that's addressed to you, and texts that are addressed to you. I guarantee you read it because it's important. It's addressed to you personally. Why not view God's word that's personally addressed to you? View it in that way. Now, there are some things in the Bible that are hard to understand. No, no doubt about it. But there are some things that are easy to understand that God wants to communicate to us. Ask God to help you read. Proverbs chapter 2. Okay, It's in your book. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom... And applying your heart to understanding, indeed, 
If you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So this is a no-brainer, okay? God, he wants us, number one, to know who he is and how we can become intimate with himself. To know who he is. Number two, to understand the blessings of a life of obedience to his word and the consequences of disobedience. Obedience, disobedience. Psalm 119 says this, I think. I need a new battery. I don't know. There we go. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you get the word of God inside, it begins to change your life. Number three, Number three, this is crazy. Uh, God wants us to know the truth about life and what is going to happen in the future. Truth and future. I don't know what's wrong with this. There we go. And I would say that's a loving God who wants us to have those things that we just put down, one, two, and three. However, in order... To have this type of, of relationship, we need to give God the opportunity to speak to us. He wants to explain to us how we can be brought up into a close, incredibly satisfying relationship with Him. That's His desire. The Bible tells us everything we need to know about life. And it doesn't matter what your age is. I know sometimes older people, you know, they read the Bible a lot because they're like cramming for a test because they're about to die. And, you know, it, 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 no matter what your age is, okay... Um, was that insensitive? Sorry about that. Um, there are many ways to study the Bible, and there are many you know, excellent tools available to help us. So the next six weeks at CORE, we're going to lead you through a process that will teach you to be able to look at Scripture yourself okay, in a way that will help you discover what it says, what it means, and then how you can apply it to your life. So then you begin to make life-changing you know, patterns in your life. But here's the kicker. You get what you put into it. The next six weeks, you, you get what you put into it. If you are eagerly seeking uh, to grow closer to God, maybe that's one of your resolutions this year. You know what? I need to make some changes in my life. I just went through forward. I want to do some great things. Here's an incredible... By studying God's Word, it's the key to your life, to, to making changes in your life. There are answers there. So maybe it's time to get serious about growing like you know, this lady right here. It's time to get serious about this blank picture. All right. Does this work? Okay. Uh, well, there's a picture right there. There it is. Okay, get serious about studying God's Word like this nun on the computer. I think that's precious. Okay. Now, the next six weeks, you will learn a three-step study process. Dev, are you up there? Go ahead and hit the down arrow for me. There we go. Go to the next one. Number one, observation. What does this passage say? What does it say? Um, now, this is the foundation which must be laid if you want to accurately interpret and properly apply God's Word. This, you've got to observe what's going on. So, so often we read the Bible with, with our eyes and not with our mind. We read it, and we've done this countless times. We read it, and we, we close the book, and we don't remember what we just read. We've done it. We've all done it. 
we don't really believe that we can understand it as well. This is too heavy for me. You know, you've got to be a pastor. To... No, you don't. You don't. Charles Spurgeon said this, For a long period I puzzled myself about the difficulties of Scripture until at last I came to the resolution that reading the Bible was like eating fish. When I find a difficulty, I lay it aside and I call it a bone. Why should I choke on the bone when there is so much nutritious meat for me? Someday, perhaps, I may find that even the bone may afford me nourishment. That's a good way of thinking about it. Sometimes you're like, oh, I just don't get it, I don't understand it. doesn't mean you give up. There might be something there. You're going, to look, you're going to learn to observe Scripture that you will know what to look for when you read the Bible. Number two, interpretation. What does the passage mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, we'll have to wait until Pastor Jim preaches on this verse. You know, you never know when he's going to do that. You can figure it out right there. Interpretation of Scripture will flow out of careful observation. Careful observation. You know, rushing into interpreting Scripture without laying a proper foundation uh, can lead us to misinterpret what it really is saying. It's like laying a foundation to build a house, you know, to build a home on. You just do a really quick job like this guy. Okay, this is not a good foundation right here. That's not a good foundation for your house, okay? Um, that'd be kind of, how many would live there? We try that. Somebody? Oh, good. Oh, that's great. So it's really important to lay a solid foundation when interpreting the Bible, okay? Now, interpretation of the Scripture is not about what you or I think it says, what you or I feel it says, or what other people have said. It's not about that. You will learn principles for accurate interpretation of God's Word. Number three, um, application. How does the meaning of this passage apply to me? So application takes place as you are confronted with truth and decide to respond in obedience to that truth. And ultimately, the goal of personal Bible study is a transformed life and a deep and lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. See, it will take a willingness on your part to make the time to really look at what the Scripture is saying. But the benefits, but the benefits will be beyond anything you could ever have hoped could happen in your own personal understanding of the Word of God. When you know what God says, next slide there, I think. There it is. What he means and how to put his truth into practice, you'll be equipped for every circumstance of life. Now think about that sentence right there. Some of us are probably dealing with some really deep issues. The word of God has answers. That sounds like good news. That sounds like hope. So let me give you some basic Bible facts. Go ahead and skip the next slide. Next one, skip the next one. There we go. Um, now, there's nothing on the screen for you to look at, but just it's, on, it's in your booklet there. Real quick, 10 things. Uh, the Bible is a collection of 66 books divided into two sections. I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, so I just want to lay a foundation real quick of, of the Bible. Um, the Old and New Testaments, we have uh, 1,189 chapters, 31,000 verses. That's a lot of verses, right? To write the scriptures, God chose and inspired people from all walks of life and different eras and, and used various literary styles. 
In the Old Testament, number three, it's written in Hebrew and Aramaic. There are 39 books written between the dates of 1400 and 400 B.C., and it portrays God's dealing with His chosen people, the Jews who were the human bloodline of Jesus. Okay? Number four, the New Testament. It's written in Koine Greek. There are 27 books written between the dates of 50 to 90 A.D., roughly there. It reveals the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus the Messiah and the beginning of the first churches in Greece, Italy, and Asia Minor. There, there was a 400-year period of silence by God between the writings of the Old and New Testament. Does anyone know the last book of the Old Testament? That, that Italian prophet? Malachi. Malachi. Right, good. Um, so 400 years from that point to the New Testament. Uh, originally, the books in the, of the Bible were straightforward accounts from beginning to end with no breaks. Uh, but for purposes of locating a, a verse, they had to break it in chapters and verses. You know that. And that's why we have those. Although the Bible was written over a period of about 1,400 years, its text has come to us in a remarkable state of preserva- preservation. Um, it's possible because of the large number of manuscripts that were found. The New Testament evidence for reliability. Thank you, Corbin. All right. Um, is strikingly large. It includes about 4,500 Greek manuscripts beginning about A.D. 125. Wow. The Bible in whole or in part is now available in more than 1,100 different languages and dialects. It's a best-selling book of all time. Uh, the, two New Tes- the two testaments form two volumes of one work. The first is incomplete without the second, and the second cannot be understood without the first. Together they are God's revelation to man of the provision He has made for human salvation. Um, the theme of the Bible, number 10, is the same in the old, is both the Old and New Testaments. It is the redemption of mankind. So, briefly, choosing a Bible. Translation versus paraphrase. Next slide if you want to go there, bud. Uh, a translation attempts to communicate as word for word or as thought for thought as possible. Uh, popular translations are, you know, NIV, New International Version, King James, New American Standard Version, God's Word, Living, New Living Translation, okay, are translations of the Bible. A paraphrase, like this one that it's standing here, um, takes the meaning of verses or passages of Scripture and attempts to express the meaning in, in plain language. Um, essentially, the words of the author of the paraphrase, okay, would use to say the same thing, you know, like the Living Bible is one of them. This is called the Message Bible. Um, this would be a great book for devotions. I wouldn't necessarily study Scripture out of this because this is uh, an author who kind of took the Scripture and kind of added his own, not added, but changed the words to make it a little more understandable. So it's a good devotional, but not a study one. Um, some Bible, stu- Bible tool methods or tools, Bible study tool methods. Here we go. I can't even talk. Um, now, this are Pastor Jim's. I don't have mine here because mine are in storage, but there are kinds of things here. We have a, a commentary. There's a strong uh, concordance. We have an atlas. We have a study Bible here. We have a Bible dictionary, and there's, there's literally tens and tens of thousands. No, I don't know about that many, but there's a lot more books that are out there um, that you can get. There are online free Bible study resources. Some of you are aware of BibleGateway.com. Uh, esor.net, blueletterbible.com as well. There's, there's probably a lot more. Uh, there's some software that you can buy. Uh, Logos, Word Search, Illumina, BibleSoft, BibleWorks, QuickVerse that take a lot of these things here and it's just very, very, very handy. Bible apps, freechristianresources.com for your phone, iTunes.apple.com, Bible, Daily Bible Guide, and YouVersion. 
Some of you are real familiar with those. Um, you are probably ever have those on your phone. So, as we wrap up before we break into small groups, take some time this week to pray for the Lord to increase your hunger for His Word. Um, browse some of the websites or go to a bookstore and look at the various tools that we've mentioned that are on the list there to increase your knowledge, to help you. Now, before we dismiss, I just want to encourage you to bring your Bibles each week. doesn't matter what version you have, paraphrase, translation, bring your Bibles for the next six weeks because you'll be using those. You'll be using your Bibles in your small group. Now, I'm going to ask my leaders to stand again. You can turn that off, George, if you'd like. Um, we have uh, roughly, I think, three guy leaders and three gal leaders. And so uh, traditionally, uh, Jackie, who's not here, uh, Jill's going to be leading that group tonight. They always meet in the lobby. Uh, we have a guys group that meets in that room, probably another guy group right here. There's a, a small group right there. There's one.